Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. All right, welcome along to New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, this is a milestone episode. It's episode 150. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Bill Bennett. Well, welcome along, Bill. Always good to have you here. I'd love to be here, Paul. Now, uh, it's been a fun, uh, a fun week in the, in the tech world. Uh, a lot going on. Uh, last week, of course, in New Zealand was uh, Microsoft's Tech Ed, uh, which unfortunately I wasn't able to be at, but uh, you, you were there, and um, it, it was a pretty, uh, pretty busy event, lots of things going on. Yeah, yeah, and it turns out that in relative terms, New Zealand's Tech Ed is the world's most successful for Microsoft as well. I did hear that, yeah. yeah. So is that on a per capita, per capita type yeah. basis? Yeah, we, yeah. we yeah. get about 2,500 people along. I think Australia gets about 2,800. And Europe, the whole European continent, gets about 5,000. The USA gets about 7,000. So I'd say that's a win to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Well, Microsoft have got to be pretty pleased with... Uh, Microsoft New Zealand certainly got to be pretty pleased with that. Uh, now... Few other things going on. Of course, there was um, the Intel's IDF event, which is uh, partly what I was up to uh, last week in San Francisco. Uh, we've got a separate episode covering uh, f- covering that uh, content, uh, episode 100 and, uh, 149. Uh, but yeah, f- few uh, few other things going on. Uh, Samsung. We talk, talk, spoke about them last week with the Galaxy Gear and Galaxy Note three. Now we've got some confirmation of availability in New Zealand, Bill. That's right. Telecom uh, have an exclusive on the products for the month of October. Oh, on all of them? I thought it was just the Galaxy Gear. No, I think it's both. I think I read it. It could be, but it's certainly just certainly the Galaxy Gear is a Telecom exclusive. Right, and they're selling that for uh, 149 right? No. Uh, sorry, no. For, for, where did 149 come from? 450 yeah. Or 449. 449 or 450 and 1200 for the Note 3. And you really need to, have, you need to buy both um, to be able to use the, the gear. Um, and I think, as I say, Telecom have got that exclusively for October and then I think it goes on open sale. It strikes me as quite a lot of money for a watch though, Paul. Well, I mean, this this is a new category, and you know, really, those people that are that are going to uh, ad- adopt it are those that are wanting to be right at the forefront of the latest uh, the latest tech and gadgetry. And you know, I think um, it will. You know, these products will come down. We, you know, and we've seen certainly the sports watches at some of those at lower price points, uh, and. It tends to be that the initial prices, you know, are, yeah. are, are, are you know aimed somewhat at the early adopters. Well, I remember the very first LED watches. I'm that old, guys, and um, I was a teenager when they came along, and they were about fifty, sixty pounds. Um, within about three years, you could buy them. You could get them in petrol stations for about two two pounds. This is in the UK. Um, but even so, four hundred and fifty dollars. That's a, that, that's that's a lot. Yeah, well, and and I guess also when you consider you've got to have a pretty high end uh, smartphone to go with it. So initially, it's going to work with the uh, with the Note Note three, and the pricing for that's been confirmed for New Zealand at uh, uh, about twelve hundred dollars. So you're sixteen fifty for the pair. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, now I've just got confirmation that it, it is 
the Note 3, I think, will be coming probably, uh, won't be exclusive to uh, Telecom. Oh, I think that's across the across the board. So uh, we'll, we'll be seeing that from uh, from others as as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it does add up. Now, also, you will be able to use the uh, Galaxy Gear with the um, Galaxy S4. All right, but it will it requires uh, a software refresh to be able to. Uh, um, yeah, for those two to partner up, so we're still waiting on uh, on exactly when that will uh, will hit locally. I know it labels me as not being particularly exciting, but I'm more interested in seeing the Note Three than the Gear, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, in in many ways, that's the uh, you know that that's a product that's going to have certainly a very very broad appeal. Yeah. Uh, but you know, for those who've already got one of the top smartphones in the market. Uh, then hey, this is sort of the natural, uh, natural you know thing to get alongside it. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing is, is that we, we we know that wearables are the thing that everyone's getting excited about internationally at the moment. But do you think the wrist is the place to put it? Uh, maybe Google uh, and and others that are uh, working on uh, you know on on glasses. Are onto something that is somewhat more practical. You see, I, my, my my problem with the wrist thing is that the screen's going to be what an inch across, an inch and a half across at best, and the whole trend, everything we've been doing with phones and so on for the last four or five years, is to make the screen bigger and bigger to make make it more useful, make it more readable and viewable. So I don't know that a tiny screen's the way to go. I think. Well, I don't. It's you know certainly not meant to replace your replace your phone. But I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking. You're wearing a watch. I'm wearing. I'm wearing a watch. Uh, you know, people are wearing this thing anyway. Yeah. So if you can sort of you know twist your wrist when a when a text comes in to have a quick look without having to pull a phone out, uh, you know there there are certain uh, you know things that you can do with a watch that uh, you know. Uh, are are different to you know how you use a phone, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm certainly not too averse to to the concept. Uh, and you know, if if Samsung have got this thing right, um, then great. If if it needs another iteration or two, then they will keep working on that. And uh, you know, I think the the nature of how technology progresses, there's no reason why at the price points that we pay for. Uh, yeah, good quality waterproof watches and so on today. Over time, we don't end up seeing those uh, as much smarter devices yeah. than than what they have been at the past. And you know, as you say, talking about um, you know older sort of digital watches going back, to, you know, twenty, thirty years, etc. Um, you know th- that uh, you know they were affordable, and there's no reason why the technology of today can't make them a pretty mainstream. Uh, you know, type of device that partners up with your smartphone, and of course, there's voice recognition. When voice recognition, I mean, voice recognition is just about at the point where speaking to your wrist might become a the way that you interact with the computer more than using a screen, anyway. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, in uh, Apple News last week, we talked about the uh, the five C and the five S that were uh, were launched in uh, Cupertino last week. And a few little bits of info that have uh, that have come out from from there since. Now, one is rather dramatic: is that Apple's share price has fallen by about ten percent. They got some grumpy shareholders at Apple. What's that about? 
I think it's back to the um, overblown expectations in the run-up to the launch, the way that the news leaked out. Pretty much most of the details about the Apple phones were leaked, were well and truly leaked before the event. The one thing that wasn't was the price of the um, the 5C, the lower... And you think shareholders were expecting there was going to be a slight, you know, a somewhat th- lower price, so this would t- take Apple out to a broader audience? I think the, the, the talk that I read in the run-up was that that would have got them into the Chinese market in a big way, and that's where the, you know, there's a billion people to buy your phone in. Right, China, and I guess that's where the shareholder what the shareholders don't like, but they're grumpy lot the Apple shareholders, and they're hard to please. <laughs> and um, you know, Apple, are, what, whatever happens, Apple is going to go on making squillions of money for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an it, it, it's, it's an interesting one. Now, a couple of bits of snippets of information that did uh, fall in our lap uh, since since the. Uh, uh, the announcement. I can't remember whether we covered these off uh, last week or not. I'm trying to think when uh, when that information came through. Uh, but we we're certainly here in New Zealand as expected to be in the next sort of second wave of uh, um, yeah of availability of these new iPhones. Uh, and at the moment, the earliest that's likely to be is around tenth uh, or eleventh of October. Uh, but there is um, there are some thoughts that, that that could potentially push out uh, as well. And Apple have, certainly haven't uh, confirmed the yeah. date for that next wave. Uh, and there have been comments that it could could come uh, you know even much later in the year. And with them keeping that come, come uh, under wraps, it would seem quite uh, yeah it would seem quite likely that this uh, this really comes down to. Uh, you know, availability of product for them, yep. right? If they if they if they if they sell out in, in in all their launch markets, they don't have any product left. They can't really launch in a whole lot of other markets. But uh, if they if their sales aren't as high, that puts them in a position where they can uh, launch much quicker in uh, in other in other markets. So the trick is to watch for the queues in outside the Apple stores in Australia. If well, people, there'll always be queues at launch, right? Guaranteed. Yeah, there's, but there's, whether they're queuing around the block or not is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they will be. That's uh, that's you know that's what people do when there's an, a new iPhone launched. Uh, now, also at TechEd last week, there were a couple, a couple of interesting uh, things around uh, around Windows Phone. Uh, one was that there were uh, the the Nokia Lumia 1020 was uh, was floating around to be seen. Uh, this was something that, that I've had had a look at recently as well, uh, and um, yeah, a, a pretty impressive phone. You know, certainly from uh, uh, from the camera specs and. Uh, you know, it, it's getting uh, you know, I guess, re- referred to as 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 the, uh, the you know the best camera in a in a in a in a, in a phone. I think um, it's the, probably the best know. phone in a camera. But yeah, yeah. Well, however you put it, I mean, the, the device to me wasn't as big and chunky as I as no. I thought it might be. I mean, yes, it is a little bit uh, you know chunkier where the lens uh, piece is, and and there's a slip on cover as well with a better lens. Um, it's well, be- I don't think it's a better lens. It's just a. Uh, it's it just gives you a, a different sort of um, uh, 
uh, it's more a camera grip oh, right. yes, that's, yes, that's, that, that's available yes. um, to it. Although we are seeing those different lens options and things coming on for uh, uh, for other phones, and you know Sony, for instance, which have a uh, um, a zoom lens yeah. that you can uh, clip on clip onto a smartphone. I, I had a play with one at TechEd, and it's uh, it's a lovely phone. I think forty one megapixels sounds like overkill. Um, most of us don't have screens big enough to display those images, but um, um, it's you know it's the way things are going. It's not that much more expensive than other phones around either. No, we're talking eleven hundred and forty nine dollars when it launches. Yeah. Uh, Telecom New Zealand are, are, are launching that. Um, so uh, yeah, in the in the in the weeks ahead. So yeah, that that will be. Um, Fascinating in light of the other bit of information that came out uh, during TechEd Bill, which you can uh, you can tell us about. Oh, the sales of Windows phones in New Zealand. Um, Paul Muckleston uh, was talking at a function for the press on the Tuesday evening, and he's the GM at uh, at, at Microsoft NZ, isn't he? Yes, he's the boss there, and he was saying that in July the sales of the Windows phone hit fifteen percent in New Zealand, which would probably put us as the most successful market for the product in the world, or at least one of them. But that's a very high um, number given where things were beforehand. I mean, for the whole of the last, for the whole of the year to the end of June, I think I think uh, Microsoft, New, oh, sorry, Microsoft's Windows Phone was on about four and a half percent in New Zealand. So, right, it's a big jump. But sales have been um, ramping up over over time. And regardless of whether you're a phone, a fan of Windows Phone or not, the fact that we're seeing some real competition in the market has got to be good news. Yeah, I think it it is good for the market. Um, I mean, you've got to probably pin this down to the, the lower cost Windows phones we're seeing. I mean, that's when you when you look at uh, you know Android. Part of the reason it's been so successful is you've got devices from the high end yeah. down to the low end. There's you know all of those price points, and when you look at market share. Uh, it's not about uh, you know dollars spent. You know these figures are around num- you know, number of devices, and uh, having those lower cost uh, you know t- two to five hundred dollar uh, handsets uh, definitely helps. And that uh, that new uh, the you know some of the new new uh, newer devices are really uh, really delivering on that. Like the uh, the Lumia six two five with the uh, the four point seven inch screen coming in fi- you know under five hundred dollars, yeah. and then. The, these higher end price points and the um, the five twenty at that uh, two nine nine price point. Yeah, yeah, and and there's definitely there's definitely a bit of momentum for that phone just about everywhere except the US. Yeah, uh, it was interesting being there that there was actually a, a huge amount of advertising around uh, for for the the Lumia, particularly the uh, uh, the the ten twenty. And uh, yeah, what I you know had um, uh, you know someone was asking me about the different different phones when he saw the ad and uh, yeah was wondering you know was it, is, it, is it any good? Uh, but yeah, it, w- it was interesting that there uh, there just isn't a huge amount of penetration there. And I guess Nokia is trying to get into a market that they actually haven't been in for a long time in the US. Yeah. That was a that was a market where they had virtually zero percent of the market share. Uh, you know, the Symbian operating system that they sold before was popular in just about every other market. When you know when they they shut it down, uh, yeah, well, it still had a reasonable level of popularity. Uh, but in the US, it you know it was close to zero. So they were really starting from uh, from from scratch there. And uh, you know they're, they're competing against Apple, being a you know a local company. 
and and Samsung, which is you know has, has built itself an extremely strong brand. Uh, I guess as their uh, their main main competitors. So, yeah, I, I don't know uh, what uh, what Windows Phone's uh, future is in in the US market, but they're certainly throwing a lot of money at it to uh, to win that that market share. And they certainly seem to be doing better than uh, than, than than BlackBerry at this stage. Uh, but uh, they're they're a long way behind uh, Apple and uh, and Google with Android. That's for sure. Uh, now, a uh, couple of other uh, things. Uh, Virgin Australia have uh, been uh, rolling out uh, in-flight Wi-Fi uh, for content streaming. So, you know, giving people access on their uh, on their devices, and they're also been making devices available. Uh, but you know, use your own uh, iPad or, or your uh, um, your laptop, etc., to access a whole uh, range of on-demand uh, content. Do you need an app or is it on the browser? I think you can you can do it through the browser. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, they, on Windows laptop, for instance, you've got to have the uh, Silverlight plugin, and then they can do the, uh, the, the the streaming straight through to you. Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting to see. I mean, you know, often people are looking for uh, Wi-Fi in flight that gives them internet connectivity, but this is a good use of Wi-Fi. I think uh, Qantas are working on um, something similar. Uh, and uh, Virgin Australia have been doing it sort of locally, but uh, they're rolling that out uh, to their uh, their international flights as well. And, of course, they do code share with, uh, with Air New Zealand, so it's possible you could book an Air New Zealand flight uh, to or from Australia and, uh, and find yourself with access to, uh, uh, to this service as well. How does it cope with the fact that there's 100 people hooked up to the I mean, sort of Wi-Fi at one point? It's... Yeah, there, 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 there will be some limitations yeah. and challenges to that that I'm yeah. sure they've uh, they've worked on, uh, but it's pretty clear within a within a plane what the maximum number is. So it's pretty yeah. they should be able to calculate that out and get a yeah. reasonable handle on it. Uh, it's not as though that they can be hit with a situation where suddenly a thousand people turn up on the plane. Uh, so you know they they can they, I'm sure they can they can structure that uh, that accordingly, and if it saves them having to you uh, know. Uh, spend a lot of money rolling out new sort of in-seat entertainment systems, and people can use their own devices. Uh, that uh, it could be quite a smart approach, and, and probably what we will see become uh, the norm longer term. Yeah, except what the one thing that occurred to me when I heard that is you need he- you need to take headphones with you. Well, they can give you headphones for yeah, your device yeah, as well yeah. too, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, in- interesting. Uh, now, last week. Dell, uh, Michael Dell, of course, the original founder of Dell, had been working to uh, uh, to take the company in, uh, back into uh, private ownership. It's been uh, listed on the uh, the stock exchange for for many many years, uh, and uh, and that's gone ahead. So um, he now is is really sort of um, back with a, with a lot more control of uh, of the business. Another case of grumpy shareholders, though. They, they've held that up for a long time, and they weren't really very keen on the deal that Dell was offering them. So I think he had to come up with more money. Yeah, and well, and you had Carl Icahn, who yeah. uh, um, has caused, caused some challenges for, for a few businesses that he's uh, uh, you know, gotten involved in, such as Yahoo. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he was had sort of I guess a rival sort of bid going on there but uh, in the end he pulled out and uh, and Michael Dell sort of got his wish yeah now the upshot of this is that pretty much I mean 
I was going to say business as usual for Dell, but it's not. The thing is that Dell's strategy has been quite clearly marked out in the last few years, which is they're going to carry on making PCs and tablets and commodity stuff in the PC market, probably push servers a bit harder and push harder into that space where there are people still buying servers. But the real thing that Dell's wanting to do is to get more into that services space and... The problem is, is that in order to do that, Michael Dell needs to be able to buy stuff. He needs to be able to acquire companies. He needs to be able to sell bits of Dell and so on and do that without the shareholders looking over his shoulder all the time. So he wouldn't have gone through the, all the trouble of running, of making the company private if he didn't have some plan in his Oh, head. yeah. He must have some intention there well, because yeah, the, the market's changing very quickly. You know, selling servers. Uh, you know the, the companies that have sold servers in the past. That picture changes. They're mostly selling servers to uh, to cloud providers. Well, they're not. Selling them Dell, by, Dell isn't though, because but yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not sure that Dell is one of one of those that's yeah. been particularly successful in 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 that space. Uh, you know, of course, our traditional uh, you know desktop PCs and 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 laptops. That's going through quite a metamorphosis at the moment uh, as well uh, with with tablets. Uh, so yeah, some interesting times ahead in terms of what uh, you know their traditional revenue yeah. uh, earners you know will look like uh, you know over over the longer term. So certainly makes sense for them to go after uh, you know the the services opportunities. But uh, I'm I'm not imagining it's going to be an easy road for them. To be fair, no, no. There's obviously going to be more hiccups. Um, I think that's pretty clear. Mm. It's interesting though that Dell is pushing. As, as hard as possible in that direction um, which tells you that if they're not making money out of making PCs and so on then pretty much no one is yeah yeah and it, it, it was um, an interesting session I had with uh, with one of the execs from Dell uh, last week in San Francisco and uh, one of the products out of that that we can talk about is uh, a new eight-inch Windows 8.1 uh, tablet, which looks just like an Android tablet, but it, but it's running Windows. Uh, and and alongside that, I've got to see a whole bunch of other items that that, that I'm not allowed to talk about just yet. Uh, but you know, even just looking at that eight-inch tablet, it it sort of I guess. Uh, yeah, reminded me of the change that's that's going on, and it's pretty dramatic. And if you're selling uh, a computer which is just a little eight-inch tablet, it's hard to make the sort of revenue and margins that uh, that they you know that they would have made yeah. in years gone by when they were selling multi-thousand-dollar uh, laptops and and PCs. And sure, some of those will still sell, uh, but uh, it, it it is quite different from a financial perspective how things sort of break down. Well, one of the reports I saw coming out of that um, Intel conference was that the name brands are going to get uh, Windows 8 tablets or 8.1 tablets down to around about the two to $300 US price by Christmas. Well, there's not a lot of room there for the retailer and the manufacturer to make much money. No, no. And we're certainly seeing the, uh, the, lo- the lower-end tablets, uh, you know, the lower-end Windows 8 uh, type uh, and certainly the smaller form factor ones coming yeah. in at, at much more competitive prices and being much more powerful than what we've seen in the past with this new wave of uh, innovation from Intel really in the in in the uh, in the chips that that, that they've put together. So 
uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of good, I think, for uh, for for technology users and consumers, but it does uh, make it some fairly uh, uh, difficult waters to navigate, I think, for uh, for technology manufacturers. Yeah. Now, uh, Twitter, they've sort of gone. They're going the other way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a number, of, quite a number of investors that have got behind them and, and helped them get to where they are now. Uh, but they're now working on um, on a stock exchange uh, listing coming up. This is going to be. Oh, I just, I just don't don't know what to uh, what to think in terms of what uh, what Twitter's going to be valued at. I mean, where, I, where does it fit? Does I've it heard fit um, valuations of fourteen to eighteen billion, mm, mm. and I've heard that at least two people um, personally stand to make a billion dollars on the IPO. So. Mm, mm. Um, so we're talking biggest. This is the biggest thing since Facebook, but it's not. It's probably not going to be bigger than Facebook. Um, We've got LinkedIn, which I think's got a market cap of around thirty-two billion at the moment. Yeah. Uh, that's been bouncing or bouncing around a bit, but is uh, is more than doubled over the past uh, twelve months. That was fifteen. It's mm. where as we're at uh, uh, where it was, and I think it started out at. Uh, at somewhere between seven and seven and ten billion, uh, Facebook is up at uh, at a hundred billion now in its uh, in its valuation, and that's after uh, it dropped today by four percent. Uh, so we, we you know we, we're seeing uh, very volatile figures around uh, you know social networking yeah. uh, um, properties. But the 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 thing with Twitter is it does have a a much smaller user base than uh, certainly than Facebook. Uh, some of the numbers we've heard suggest it's maybe more in line with LinkedIn in terms of uh, a user base, but it is a very different user base and very different opportunities in terms of revenue potential too. It is, it is. And the other thing is, is um, the changes that social media businesses go through when they become public is usually quite profound. I mean, Facebook is, there's a lot more marketing on Facebook than there was before the IPO. Um, it's not as noticeable to me on LinkedIn, but it's, but I have started to see um, sponsored tweets appear um, far more regularly than in the past. My guess is it's going to be a lot more noise and a lot less sound in those channels. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah they've they've now just got they've got to focus on that monetization. Yeah, I was I was talking with one of the um, one of the venture capital guys at TechEd about that particular thing, and I, I've, I'm sorry I forget the guy's name now, but he was telling me that the thing that um, social media properties tend to do is they reach this point where the the venture capital funds and so on who gave them the money in the first place they want their payday. Um, so that's why they're going to the IPOs. But when they get there, they have to start um, doing stuff to make money and doing stuff to make money annoys their audiences, which reduces their value. So there's a, there's a very sort of clever timing thing involved in all this that you don't want to start making money too soon before the IPO because you lose the audience. Yeah, it, it, it's a challenge. And yeah, uh, yeah certainly those, uh, those that come in to fund them 
uh, looking to make a really really good return and then uh, and then get out. They, yeah. know, they don't want to be in for the for the long term. That's not uh, their payday. That, that, that that that's not how the firm's uh, you know yeah. business model works. So uh, that yeah, they need to make that payday and uh, and off they go. Now uh, you put you, you've been uh, you've been keeping pretty busy uh, since the launch of your new digital dot uh, uh, site. Um, and one of the stories that I was looking on uh, there was titled "New Zealand: The View from uh, from Silicon Valley." Can you just give us a little bit of a, a, a rundown on uh, on that particular uh, piece? Yeah, it's, it's something I've been interested in for some time, and I've been talking to whenever I get the opportunity to talk to people out of Silicon Valley or New Zealanders that have been over there. Um, I've been trying to get a handle on where New Zealand sits in terms of the sort of global startup. Um, technology economy and i'm getting i'm starting to get a a much clearer picture um than i had say six months ago and where we occupy quite a different space to say for example australia and um, it's been mentioned by more than one person that um, in some ways our position in silicon valley resembles israel more than australia and that is you know we're a small country we've got some really high quality um, technology companies here the technology tends to be um, seen as being you know very high quality we've got things going for us like um, the fact that the um, the whole Peter Jackson industry coming out of Wellington that gets on people's radar and they think well hey there's some really clever movie stuff going on in that country they must have some technology backing that up which absolutely of have. yeah yeah so that gets us on the radar the other thing that's got us on the radar is the interest of peter thiel who's a, um, a german-born investor who's made a lot of um, noise about new zealand uh, particularly in silicon valley and he's i mean i guess he he's you know well known for for uh um investing in facebook early on and, yeah. and essentially getting getting them uh yeah, funded, uh, but he's jumped into lots of New Zealand investments now, and and uh, and is certainly helping to profile us, he, isn't he? He's got a joint venture with a local venture capital fund as well, and the thing is, is is that I'm told that there are about a hundred people in Silicon Valley who everyone follows, and what they do, the herd will do a few months later because he's been looking at New Zealand. Apparently, we've been blipping up on a lot of people's radar. So, mm, and I think there there have been you know more and more New Zealand uh, ventures that have that have attracted attention. And you know, I was talking to somebody at a at a um, reasonably well known uh, uh, firm in in Silicon Valley uh, around the New Zealand Business Podcast that you know we, we we've launched uh, in the in the last month or so. And uh, they were, yeah, very, very interested to, uh, you know, to hear about some of the the content and said, "Oh, look, this is going to be of huge interest." Uh, some of these to uh, to the local audience there, uh, and uh, you know, he- hearing the, the the interview with uh, with Rod Drury on Zero, for instance, you know, that that uh, that was something they said, "Hey, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this this is certainly one of the." Uh, you know, one of the things that's uh, that's helping to put New Zealand on the radar. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, Rod was one of the people mentioned as. Uh, oh, sorry, Zero and Rod mm-hmm. were, were were mentioned as apparently that has come up on the radar in Silicon Valley, and the word is is and you know it's 
because we live here, we tend not to be quite, quite so aware of this, that we are now seen as being right at the forefront of cloud apps. Mm. It's not just Xero, but that's the, that's the flagship. But there's a, there's a raft of companies coming in along behind. It's about six or seven who are already mm. getting international attention, and it's seen as a New Zealand speciality. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing. And I also spent some time uh, with the, uh, the guys um, and gals at uh, the Kiwi Landing Pad. Uh, last week, and that was fascinating. So there's, there'll be some uh, some of that certainly coming through on the New Zealand Business Podcast. We may pull some of that content uh, into the uh, into the New Zealand Tech Podcast as well, because I'm sure it will be uh, uh, will be of some interest. But Wasn't it, um, Amy Adams there last week? Uh, she was indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had they've had all sorts of people uh, through. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I, I felt very privileged to uh, to get squeezed into their agenda <laughs> to uh, uh, to sit down. For a bit of a chit chat, but there were, there were, yeah, there, uh, there, the the lineup of people that had been through there in the last week was uh, uh, was pretty impressive. But you know, it, it's a place that's um, you know help helping uh, you know New Zealand tech businesses get uh, established on an international basis, and uh, you know, uh, it's not just. Uh, the the big names uh, that need to get established in the, in the US market. I think they were saying that uh, you know Zero had grown to about twenty people operating out of their space before they uh, you know they moved into their own premises and uh, there are a range of others that have uh, that have that have been through in and out and uh, other ones that sort of come and go. So they're doing a really good job and uh, you know just just uh, you know. Helping uh, helping people get that sort of foothold into the American market. Well, it's it's something that I'm personally very interested in. I mean, I, one of the things I want to do with my um, with with my new site is to get a bit more of that excitement going about what's happening here. So, if any of you guys out there are, are doing something exciting, get in touch because I want those stories, and I, and, and I know that they they are getting read overseas. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, definitely do that, and uh, we're, we're certainly always keen to. To hear about those things on uh, on on the podcast, and we will be spreading some of that content, you know, across multiple podcasts, or or it might just you know sit more in the digital podcast or the, the New Zealand business podcast. So uh, uh, do keep an eye on on those as well as uh, as well as as well as this one. So uh, yeah, hey, well, I think that uh, that just about wraps us up for uh, for this week, Bill. So thank you for uh, for coming in and uh, and joining me again. Now we can find you pretty easily online. Obviously, uh, digital, which is um, spelled without the a, without without the a. dot yes. uh, co. Uh, is where most of your news stories are, uh, are landing, and and those are also get uh, pushed out onto uh, Geek Zone, onto Geek Zone, and to Scoop. Co. Yes. Uh, and we can find you on Twitter. Yeah, Bill Bennett NZ is my main Twitter handle. Um, I also have a digital digital NZ handle again without the A. Okay, good. Um, but the Bill Bennett's the main one. Okay, so. excellent. And you can track me down. Uh, I'm on all the all the usual social networks and uh, uh, Twitter. I guess where where I'm I'm most active. Uh, I'm just at Paul Spain on there. Uh, so that's the best place to uh, to track me down. Um, yeah. But that, that's it for us this week, um, and uh, and do certainly look out 
for uh, to you know keep up to date with what's going on uh, from the uh, from the NZ Tech podcast through our social media channels too. So we're NZ Tech Podcast on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash NZ Tech Podcast, uh, and you can also uh, you can also find the NZ Tech group on uh, on on LinkedIn, and uh, you'll find us on uh, on Google Plus as well. So hey, thanks everyone for joining us. We'll catch you uh, next week. See ya.